2: KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX.
3: Yes, folks, welcome and good gardening. Thanks for stopping by. Mr. Kelly, before you leave, I got a question for you. Okay, are you back up? Yes, sir. Okay. There was a broken chair that was over here in the corner for a couple months. Do you yeah. know what happened to it? I think you're sitting in it. It's right behind you. because it, <laughs> it, it never felt right this morning. <laughs>
4: Yes. I don't know. Ah, well, thanks yeah. for your insight.
3: You're welcome. <laughs> Actually, I think Scott Mosby fixed it.
4: Fixed it? No,
3: I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, I'll miss that broken chair. <laughs> well, folks, we'll be taking the good gardening stall shortly. And a 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Questions, comments, or concerns, but water, 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 water. If you're not watering, your plants are suffering. I don't care if you got one single plant in a pot or anything else. It is horrible for the plants outside. So, well, anyway, we get together every Saturday morning to discuss your yard, landscape, garden, house plants, get those house plants cleaned up and get them ready to go inside. Potting mixes, soil improvement, pruning, bugs, diseases, lots of fall webworms on the trees this year. Plant removal, plant installation, but please remember my words, open opportunities. After that, it's going to take work, mental and physical, on your part. In this great marathon called gardening, and it is never a sprint. Sprints just do not work. And this is your show. I appreciate you being there. And thanks to Greg. He's producing today. And a new producer as well, trainee. What is it? Backdoor Cole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's C-O-A-L. So, I mean, he's got a real generic, organic-type name, so that's why he may produce this show someday. Anyway, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. I've written five gardening books, and two are available at various locations, Revised Missouri Gardener's Guide and Month-by-Month Gardening in Missouri. Also, I write articles for Missouri Gardener magazine. And during the week, I do landscape consulting. If you'd like for me to come to your home and do a walk and talk, you can go to my website, www.mikemillardesigns.com homepage. There's an email address and a phone number where I can be reached. And one thing related to that, I've had some trouble with my computer and various things. So some people have contacted me and whoosh, they're gone. So it's not like I don't like you. It's just the fact that you were erased some way. Anyway, enough of that. So, anyway, today's Good Gardening Stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Morning sky, it was almost photo-like. It was so spectacular as I headed from South City towards downtown. And, uh, wow, the silhouette of the arch in the skyline with the streaks of color, almost prism-like in the sky. I stopped at basically spruce and 8th. And, well, 8th Street at that particular area is called Stan Mutual Drive. And uh, four stories up, oh, on the third base entry side, that's where I was, uh, there was theme cleaning the walkway. So everybody that's coming to the game tonight, you're going to have a very clean walk at Bush Stadium. At street level, fencing surrounds the stadium as Stan stands there ready to hit while Cannas and Boxwood and Yellow Creeping Jenny And maroon sweet potato vine and variegated bird of paradise are acting as the batter's box. There's a few geraniums, too, there that are just highlighting. Cool morning breeze. Wow. It says basically goodbye to September. And uh, the end of the baseball season is really getting close. There is two different entrances or like sort of like building, not entrances to the stadium, but office entrances out there as well. And the planters in front of them have dwarf crab apples, which are still got their foliage, but, um, f- fruits. there are going to start t- turning colors real soon. There's also some maroon sweet potato vines in those planting beds. There's begonia angel wing type furry ornamental grasses. I don't know exactly what variety of this ornamental grass is, so I can't really tell. And carpeting underneath is the yellow creeping Jenny. And, uh, Further north and south, there's going to be beds of oak leaf hydrangea, which are basically finished flowering. I mean, the bracts are still there. And elm trees, which are really looking a little sparse because it's been, even when you're irrigating, when it's this dry, the trees are starting to drop foliage. But I was... uh, the trees are glad. They're going to be ready to go to sleep as soon as possible. The sky gets brighter, and the chill is in the air because of the breeze downtown. So it's time to go. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Questions, comments, concerns?
2: This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX.
3: Yes, folks, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you've already purchased your bulbs, do not – I'm talking about spring flowering bulbs. Do not put them in the ground yet. It's not time yet. Don't do it. I don't care. It's too, too early. And also, people are always concerned about squirrels digging up their bulbs. If you plant your tulips and daffodils at the correct depth, No squirrel is ever going to dig that deep. So I have yet to see a squirrel with a tulip bulb or a daffodil bulb in his mouth, especially daffodils because daffodils are poisonous. So they're not going to get those. So don't worry about it. Now, crocus and some of the minor bulbs, they're not going to be that deep. They're only going to be one to two inches. So maybe that's what the the squirrels are getting, but I really don't think so. The only dig areas that have been improved – because it's easy digging. So, like when they plant an acorn in your yard, which unfortunately I live right across the street from Christie Park where there are oak trees, the acorns are only about an inch, maybe an inch and a half deep. So that's how deep they dig. So if you do have any questions, though, about any other thing in the outdoors, give us a call. And now let's go to Sharon. Sharon, how are you today? I'm fine, and thank
0: you for taking my call. Sure. I have... Uh... Two flower beds that were infested with uh, wild violets and Creeping Charlie. I dug up the plants that I want, my perennials that I want to keep. Can I spray the ground and leave it open for the winter? And would it hurt my shrubs that are in that bed?
3: It would only hurt your shrubs if you sprayed and then drifted onto the shrubs, on the shrub foliage. But I will tell you, we're getting very near the end of the season where herbicides are going to be effective. Because the temperatures are going down, the plants are slowing down as far as their whole process So you could go ahead and spray, or what you can do, there's something called a wick applicator, which is a bottle, a tube, and a sponge. You can dab it on those kind of things, or you can just take, you know, mix it up in a bowl or a bucket or whatever and dab it on yourself. That prevents any kind of drifting or spraying if you want to get to that point. Or okay, you can now, just protect the plants that you don't want to have the spray drifting towards or on with a piece of cardboard as you spray in those particular areas.
0: That's what I was thinking. Now, can I take my perennials and put them in large pots uh, for the winter?
3: Yes, but sink those pots in the ground just to make sure that their root system will be protected.
0: Okay. Oh, thank you very much.
3: Well, great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. And let's head out to St. Charles and go into Kathy's yard. Hi, Kathy.
5: Hi, Mike. Hi. I have a question about my hydrangeas. Um, Can I trim them now? all depends on what type you have, what variety. Well, the one I'm concerned about the most is it's kind of like a tree. It's big. So probably that uh, is a PG hydrangea,
3: meaning that is a variety that flowers in the springtime or May or something along those lines. If you prune it now, you're getting no flowers next year.
1: Oh, okay. So you
3: can prune it; it won't All kill right. it; it won't hurt it. You just won't have any flowers.
1: Oh well, I don't want to do that.
3: Okay. <laughs> so the, and I got another anything, really. Quick this question. is for anything okay. that blooms in the springtime. Prune right after they flower. That's the ideal time. You got a month or two after they flower before the chemistry of the plant oh. starts changing and bud sets. You won't even notice it. You it won't be obvious. But uh, you go out and prune anything, whether it's forsythia, whether it's a PG hydrangea, which you're talking, one you're talking about, the one they kind of train into trees and, or anything mm-hmm. else, that, you know, spireas, anything that blooms in the spring. You, you prune now, no flowers next spring.
5: Okay. And can I move my iris bed now, my iris bulbs? Uh,
3: are these traditional type iris? Yeah. Okay. You get uh, is the bed area moved? Uh, is it ready to move them to? No. Oh,
5: <laughs> I gotta do it. I gotta do it all.
3: Yeah, Look, Let's see. Hang up your phone and get out there and start working right now, and you might be able to do it. Because in reality, oh. you're getting. We're all getting really near the cusp, and we don't know what the weather's going to be like. And so, oh. normally, you want to do that a little bit earlier than now with something that's like a tuber, a root system, like an iris has. So it's got to be well drained, full sun, you know, organic matter in the whole thing. Get it ready and then move them to it. But if it gets later and later and later, and we have an early frost, it could cause some damage oh. to the newly and you know newly planted iris. Yeah. They'll probably make it through fine. They're really tough, but uh, that's one of the things I'd be a little cautious yeah. about. Also, have these iris bloom for you lately?
5: Yes, uh, several of them have. Okay. There's a few in there that haven't. Okay. The ones
3: that haven't bloomed will probably never bloom. And I say that, but and then oh. I go back to a woman or a lady called to the show a few years ago and said she had iris that didn't bloom for eight years, and all of a sudden they started reblooming. That is a rare, rare circumstance. So usually mm. what happens is they just get exhausted after so long of a period of time, and then consequently... They stop flowering, and once they stop flowering, you'll get the nice blades, you know, the nice leaves, mm-hmm. the nice foliage, but you won't get any flowers. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot for your help. Sure. And if anybody else has any questions, 314 436 7900 or 1 800 925 1120. We're getting to the point now where grass seed going down It's going to be a little iffy for the same reason as, you know, I was talking about iris or transplanting something like that. The iris tubers are basically right on the surface, and same with grass seed. So what could happen is the grass seed could germinate because the ground is still warm because of the crazy weather we've had. So it'll germinate, but will the root system penetrate deep enough into the ground for it to be able to withstand freezing and thawing? Because a freeze-thaw cycle that's going to be part of our fall it could heave those root systems of newly germinated grass seed up out of the ground and there goes your money. Whoosh! And also if you've had construction or anything else, you know, near an area, near your home, in your landscape someplace, and you t- and the contractor put out grass seed with straw and stuff like that, the chances of it doing anything is minimal. The reason for that is the soil compaction due to the equipment. Let's go now to Aaron, and Aaron is in St. Louis. Hi, Aaron.
1: Hey, how's it going? Very good. Real quick question, Uh, and then I'll hang up and listen for the answer. But garlic, when do I plant it? What kind of garlic is good for the area? And uh, spacing, fertilizing, watering, et cetera.
3: Uh, Basically, whatever type of garlic your favorite garden center has. So I, specific variety-wise, I don't know if there's multiple types of varieties that the garden center is going to have. You can put them in now because it's a bulb, so you can plant that. You can plant the ornamental onions this time of year. You can plant real onions this time of year. Now, they may not be harvestable, but get them in the ground so they can grow. So that's the best thing you do. So head to your favorite garden center and get the garlic. Usually they're sold in packs of about 10, 10 in a little plastic bag with You know, air holes cut in there so it won't be problematic. Let's go now to Mike, and Mike is in St. Louis. Hi, Mike.
1: Hello. Hi. Hey, I got a question about uh, banana trees. Uh, I've got a couple in uh, pots in my backyard, and when do you, when and how do you get them ready for wintertime?
3: Now, you're not leaving them in the ground, are you?
1: No, no, they're in freestanding pots.
3: So you're going to bring the pots inside?
1: Yeah, it's a garage, I guess.
3: Okay. Basically, what you can do from this point forward, once the foliage starts looking a little bit ragged, once the foliage starts, you know, kind of turning yellowish, just cut them off at about uh, one to two inches above the ground or the potting mix in the pot. Throw that trunk away. Just watch out for the banana sap because banana sap can really stain clothes or anything, that any type of material at all and then just move the whole pot leave them in the pot and move them into your garage i'm assuming you don't have a heated garage and then just no. make sure they're not sitting on the garage surface so put you know get some kind of plastic something to elevate them off the gra- off the surface of the garage and that's ba- and put them you know back in the far corner keep them out of the light and then maybe oh Once a month or so, go out with a bucket of water and just water them lightly. Or another way to do it is just pull them completely out of the pots after you've chopped them off and just put those tubers, you know, I mean, it'll be a big mass. You can just store those in, like, Rubbermaid's tubs with mix. But I just leave them in the existing pots.
1: What's the point of putting the plastic under the uh, pot?
3: Actually, if what happens i do the very same thing with the roses that are in pots that i overwinterize and it just keeps the you know keeps the i guess the potting mix from getting quite as cold which you would think would be the other way around but you know some kind of plastic shelving or anything at all that you can find to keep them off the floor of your garage and i you know i didn't know this myself but i learned this from the rose society when i had contacted them years ago about you know growing knockout roses in pots and what's the best way for me to do it and they suggested doing that and i've had great success with it for the last couple of years so i'm assuming that anything in a pot in a garage you're better off not to let it sit just on the garage floor
1: okay now um the pot one of them is in like a really large pot right and this thing's like two and a half feet tall and like, it's got a couple holes in the side, and when I water it, it seems like water just immediately runs out these holes. Like, it's not even really soaking into the soil, and it just seems so wasteful. Could I block up those holes? I'm talking for next year, of course. Uh, uh, or, or, is that, or is that okay if it just runs right out immediately? And
3: it's probably not the thing. ideal thing. Just stop water. You know, I don't know where you're putting your hose when you're watering these pots. But put it Just more the in the top. center and run it more at a trickle so you can saturate, you know, the soil, The potting mix much better. But if you've had great success with your bananas, the way they, you know, water pouring out of the sides, then you can't argue with success.
1: Okay. One more question about these bananas. I wanted to give a couple to uh, a friend of mine, but I was unsure how to split them up, how to divide them without killing the whole uh whole Uh, banana plant. Now, do you have little
3: bitty ones coming off the side, like side shoots? Yes. So what you can do is just cut those side shoots off right at the trunk, wherever they're attached, let that heal, and give it to them. Or you can wait and give it to them next year if you want.
1: So if I see a little nub sticking out of the dirt, I can just dig down and cut it where where it branches off of the main tree?
3: Well, not a nub. You really want a stalk coming up.
1: Ah. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll try that next year then. Okay,
3: great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> That's about all I know about bananas. Mike Miller, Canwalks Your Garden Hotline, back after these messages.
2: Get ready for the Cards and Brewers this afternoon. Ameren Pregame Show 220. First pitch with Mike Shannon and John Rooney 315. Hear it here on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller. Sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks,
3: back to the phones we go. And Marilyn, it looks like she hang, she hung up. Marilyn, if you want to call back, we can get to you as soon as we can. Anyway, let's go to Dolores, and she's in O'Fallon, Illinois. Hi, Dolores.
0: Hello there. Hi. So I'm calling about our Rosa Sharon bushes. We have two great big ones together. hmm And uh, is it okay to top them now or wait?
3: Uh, basically, since they're summer flowering, you have from this point. I mean, they're still flowering right now, correct?
0: I think no, they they have stopped. There might really? be a couple,
3: uh-huh. Those...
4: but they were just full.
3: Yeah, but basically, you can do it from now until early spring when before the new growth begins. So, in other words, before the leaves start coming out. So you got about Whoa. five months for anything that's you know summer flowering to prune them back.
0: Oh, that's great.
3: Yeah, so okay. I mean whether it's butterfly bushes, crepe myrtle, rosa Sheeran, or anything, you've got okay. several months from like this point forward. Too? Pardon me?
0: Does that include dogwood too?
3: Uh, no, dogwood is spring flowering. So oh, okay. not summer flowering. Oh, okay. So if anything that flowers in the spring, whether it's a dogwood or anything else, like I said, forsythia, any of that kind of stuff, you prune it now, you just it won't hurt it. All it does is cut off the flowers. For next year.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. Thank you very much.
3: Certainly. And now let's go to Marilyn, and Marilyn's in Swansea. Hi, Marilyn.
0: Hi. Hi. I try to raise African violets. I love African violets. The thing is, they outgrow outgrow their pots, they uh, hang over the sides, you know, and then they'll break off because they're such a delicate thing. But whenever I try to repot them, then they want to die on me, and mm. I don't know. I don't know if it's my potting soil that I'm using, or just what. I, I, I'm trying to start them from the leaf. You know, I get right. individual I put the leaves, leaf
4: in, right?
0: Yes, I put the leaf in the water, and I let it get roots, and then I put it after it gets roots. I put it back in a little little tiny pot, so that it can, well, so it doesn't drown. I guess with water, I, I think. Overwater, probably.
3: Yes, it sounds like it. Basically, but, with uh, African violets, and if you're really into them, there is an African violet jesneria Society here. Now, if they're getting so long that they're cascading over the edge of the pot, yes. I mean, yes. they. I've seen them at the, you know, at the. Let's say the African violet show where they the pots only like four inches, and the African violets are reaching out almost a foot over. You know, so they're going out, you know, four inches off each side. So that, that shouldn't is really right. happen. That, you know, the leaves are breaking out. If they're breaking off, it could just be older leaves, so I wouldn't be overly concerned. But also, there is African violet potting mix, not potting yes, soil. I, That's what well, you should use. Okay. Yeah. I am using the
0: soil. I am using the soil, for sure.
3: Yeah, so hmm. f- skip that because it's too wet. Africa, anything that has a fuzzy leaf, which African violets do, oh. know, they can't take a wet soil. So if you're doing That's- this... They're fine when they're in their original pod, but you're putting them in a potting soil and it's too wet.
0: Yep, yeah, that's what my problem is. Yeah, I've noticed that whenever I'm gone for a while and my son has to take care of my plants, they do bloom a lot better. They <laughs>
3: that's because he doesn't water them.
0: <laughs> I think that is the problem. And I told him you're supposed to put water in them once in a while.
3: Once in a while, but, but not too much.
0: Yes, well, that's yeah okay well I, i'm using the wrong kind of soil then exactly well, well well, all right well i know one thing in the bathroom where i've got one hanging it does fantastic it loves that moisture and everything and it's right, right hanging right in a, a window
3: sounds perfect like
0: you know and it yeah it does great now, i take cuttings off of it and i and make other ones and they they turn out pretty well,
3: right? And now both this is you know the, the one in the bathroom probably you don't water as much as the ones that are other places too.
0: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. That's yeah. That's true. My son has said all along that I water my plants too much. Right. They don't like to drown.
3: Well, good luck. But, you know, good luck. And okay. again, their African Violet okay. Society meets at the Botanical Garden, so that's not that far away from Swansea. So you can kind you can go to the. You know, org, their website, and find out when this African Violet Society meets. So thanks, Marilyn. Now let's go to Gloria in St. Louis. Hi, Gloria. How
6: are you doing? Very good. My first question is the um, this Zorgia grass. I put about, maybe about 25 down. And do I have to keep warning?
3: Now, what are we talking down-
6: about?
3: Zorga, grass. Okay. Yes, so when did you put the of sod down? I'm assuming you put sod down, not seed, correct?
6: No, I put the grass down. So I you bought. put the
3: sod. Okay. Yes. So how long ago did you do that?
6: Oh, it's been a good three weeks.
3: Okay. But you I'm should keep watering. watering it definitely. When it's this dry, hopefully you've been watering it almost every day, you know, up Listen, you know, for at least it. these couple of weeks. And now you can start watering a little less often. But you want to make sure that the sod is really damp. You don't do it every day necessarily, but just make sure when you go out there and let's say and push your hand out on the grass of the Zoisa that it feels damp. If it doesn't feel damp, then you're not watering it enough.
6: Well, it's damp and it already in cult too. You know, uh-huh. you can't pull it, you can't you can't pull it back up. So it's oh, already. Good.
3: That's perfect. So the root system's getting established, but we want to make sure the root system continues to get better established and it doesn't dry out because we are, the ground and the air and wind and everything else is drying out anything, especially newly installed anything, whether it's sod, whether it's a plant, whether it doesn't matter what it is.
6: So how long do you think I should keep watering it?
3: Until it starts turning brown.
6: Okay. Now the one thing I did have one that was turning brown, and I went out there and didn't catch like the rest of them did. So I pulled it up and put it in another spot and hope it come back. Well, and I'm gonna put another new piece right there.
3: Okay, that sounds fine. But the piece that turned brown, its chances of you know, let's say coming back, are really iffy. But uh, you never know until next year. They're probably the zoiza depending upon the weather, will start greening up sometime April, maybe first of May. So that's when you'll find out if it's going to be successful.
6: So when do it turn brown?
3: As the weather gets cooler, the zoiza is a warm season lawn grass. It's going to go. Asleep, so it's going to turn brown sometime between, let's say mid October to mid November, and it'll slowly but surely be turning brown up to that point. But by mid November, usually it's almost entirely brown.
6: Okay, just one more quick, quick question. Sure, I hire somebody to do my uh, aerated. Okay, put the holes and stuff in the ground. Right. And arguing with them because I told them there's no holes or nothing in the ground and they're supposed to put seeds down. I don't see no seeds. I've been <laughs> walking, it's been a couple weeks, ain't nothing coming up, you know. Right. And like I told them, they told me, well, you should have watered three weeks, three days before we come. I said, you didn't tell me that, uh, you know, and it was a professional company. I would like, I don't want to you know, call the name over. Sure. I know you don't like that. But like I say, it was a professional company. Right. Now, if
3: if they did core aeration and you didn't see something that looked like a, you know, a wine bottle cork all over your ground, they did not right. core aerate.
6: That's what I try to tell them. So you they, know?
3: I don't want to say they're full of it, but they are full of it. You got, I know
6: they're full of it. I'm going to try to stop payment on my credit card I'm, I'm a. uh you know, as like I say, you send a supervisor, you send the head man out. If you come in my yard, you see no holes. You may see one or two or three where they just did the bare spots, you right. know.
3: But, like, I mean, you know, like, the holes like are I'm, fine, I'm but you should see the when they make the holes, it pulls plugs out of the ground. So, in other it, words, little round, like, wine bottle cork I, things.
6: I had it done before, sir, and it was a lot of holes in my yard.
3: Okay. So, it, I would get a hold of them, to be sure. So thanks, Gloria. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages.
2: Recently on The Charlie Vernon Show. Over the weekend, a two-year-old accidentally shot and killed his father while playing with a gun. Did you see this one? The man, Darian Noble, 27, died at the scene. I feel terrible for the kid. The kid's going to grow up knowing that he shot and killed his father. I don't know who planted that gun, who, who allowed the kid to have the gun. Was it the father, the mother? Who knows? It's unclear who the gun belonged to. I do feel sorry for the victim, the 27-year-old, unless he was responsible for allowing a 2-year-old to be near the gun. Charlie Brennan, weekday mornings at 9 on KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX.
3: Yes, folks, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314. What was that? 314 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Take a look at your lawn. If you see anything that looks like seeds coming up out of your grass, guess what? Those are annual weedy grasses. They could be anything from foxtail. Well, foxtail is not going to have one that looks like kind of a Jack Skellington-type hand, scary, bony-looking stuff, but all the annual warm-season grassy weeds are just exploding with seeds right now. What happens is they produce those seeds right now. Those seeds drop. Those mother plants or father plants that produce those seeds are going to die, but there's going to be seeds there for next year. And that's what happens. That's why next year, if you have a whole lot of weedy grasses growing in your lawn, you should put a pre-emergent down. In the springtime, when the yellow forsythia is in bloom, so that's when the soil temperatures are right. So it's not necessarily like the forsythia tells the grass seeds, the weedy grass seeds, the annual grass seeds to germinate now. What it is is forsythia blooms when the soil temperature is a certain temperature and the same with germinating grassy weed seeds. So in, even in my yard, you know, the perfect person that I am, I right on the edge of the sidewalk, I noticed the other day there are some crabgrass Sprigs coming up as far as the seeds—not sprigs, but just the seeds. So what it does, it looks skinny, and then it has like four or five fingers at the end of this little skinny stem. And there's all kinds of other things too—spurges that look like doilies. They're, you know, they could be an annual type thing as well. Let's go to Maryland Heights and go into Mike's yard. This is the second Mike of the day. Hey, Mike.
1: Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike how you doing? Very good. Hey, I've got a. Um, uh... Colorado blue spruce that the bottom it's about twenty five foot tall and the bottom few limbs uh, turn brown. I've talked to several people and uh, I think it's you know just one of those things that's just going to die after a while. But I've cut the bottom limbs off up to about maybe four and a half five feet mm-hmm. and I did that in the spring and there's n- nothing growing underneath. Uh, is there something I need to treat the soil with? To, uh, to get grass to grow underneath that tree?
3: You're never going to get grass to grow there no matter what you do. So, I mean, okay. you can spend mental money like zillions. You can spend real money like thousands, and you never get grass to grow for several different reasons. But first of all, the spruce, if you go into a spruce forest or any kind of conifer, needled forest, you don't see anything growing underneath the ground. It's because the needles that have dropped over the years make the soil pH very acidic. And lawn wants to have an acidic soil a level of about 6.1 to 6.9. But if you had a soil test done to this area, my guess is your soil pH, which is the soil chemistry, could be as low as like 5 or even below. So no matter what you do, you put lime down there, you're going to monkey with your spruce tree. And the reason why the lower branches on your spruce trees are dying off, again, you go into any kind of pine forest, you see trunks with needles only at the top. That's just sort of the maturing process. It doesn't happen to all of them all the time. But if the branches that are higher up in the tree are elongating and longer than the ones that are closer to the ground, that's why these things are turning brown. So hopefully when you cut them off, You didn't leave much of a stub, maybe a quarter-inch to a half-inch. That's all you really need as far as stub-wise because it could be problematic, you know, in the future for diseases and things like that. But you're never going to get lawn to grow underneath there.
1: Ah, Okay, so plant pots of flowers or something like that You could do that
3: or just mulch it. You could just leave the needles as being the mulch or mulch. Or there are some perennials and things like that. There's traditional-type ground covers like ivies that can take it. But also realize too, as much you know, growth above the ground there is. There's also that amount of root system below the ground, and that also you know impedes any kind of plant material getting established underneath it.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're gonna put a, a row of uh, blocks around it, and uh, maybe I'll just mulch it, and that'll be good. That okay. sounds I perfect. Yeah. yeah.
3: Don't make it more complicated than you need to because you're just going to spin your wheels and get very frustrated and then call the garden hotline again. I'm going to tell you the same story.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Certainly.
3: And now let's go to Susan in St. Louis. Hi, Susan.
4: Hi. Um, I have two ferns outside that I want to bring in. One is a hanging basket Boston fern, Mm -hmm. and the other is an asparagus fern. And I want to bring them in for the winter but it's been my experience in the past that they don't do too well inside and the leaves all fall off and make mess. Right. Do you have any thoughts on what I could do to save them for for next spring?
3: Well, basically, you could just spray them with some kind of preservative because this is exactly what's going to happen. Anytime you bring a fern inside, it's going to drop a heck of a lot of foliage. And by the time it's, you can put it back outside, it is very, very ugly. Now, the asparagus right. fern is not technically a fern, but it's still a plant, and the same thing is going to happen with it. And certainly the Boston fern, regardless of what you do, whether you hang it like the lady that was hanging her, she had the African violet hanging in her bathroom, hang it someplace where it's highly humid and bright light, it's still not going to make any difference. It's still going to drop those little frond, you know, pieces, and just you know, right. just be debris.
4: Okay, so um, could I just cut them both way back so the the mess is going back into the pot instead of on the floor, <laughs> and just kind of um, I can accept them being ugly, you know, in the winter. So that I can save them for spring. Well, unless you spent
3: like four hundred dollars for each one of these, I think you're better. And this is my own opinion that you're just better off to kind of get, you know, let them go until the frost kills them off, and just get new ones next year. But Sounds if you want to, yeah, if you want to chop yeah. them off and try to bring them inside and see if you can live with it. That's fine, but when you put them back outside, that doesn't necessarily mean they're ready or going to be viable to be able to do anything outside next year. Yeah,
4: that's been my experience, too. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to
3: uh, run that by you. Thank you. Sure. And it's just, you know, I mean, it's a matter. It's personal choice, but I've tried all kinds of different ferns bringing inside. The, The one I've had the most luck with bringing inside is called a rabbit's foot fern. It grows and it kind of well looks like rabbits feet. that's where the you know the fronds come out of, but uh, that's the only one I've had good luck with fern wise. so now let's oh, go oh. to uh, Imperial and that's where Lisa lives. Hi Lisa.
5: hi Mike hi i I had one other question about banana trees. My banana trees aren't in pots they're actually in the ground Ooh. So can I just do I have to chop them off with leaving what you said like you know, right. the, the stalks, and then dig them up? Or can I leave them in the ground and mulch, put a lot of mulch over?
3: Well, I mean, there is even a variety of hardy banana, which I've grown myself. I've not had good luck with it. And if these are not the hardy ones, then you could chop them off, yes, do that, because they're, I mean... During the winter time, these things get really frightening. Of course, maybe you should just let them go bad. So for Halloween, you'll have these <laughs> these black things hanging over in your yard. So you could certainly do something like that. But hardiness, you know, in our outdoors, if it's a mild winter like last winter and you have six or eight inches of mulch over the top of it, they may come back. But if we have a cold winter where the ground really gets frozen hard, the chances of them surviving is minimal at best.
5: Okay, yeah, because I, I guess... Last year, I cut them all the way off the stock, all the way to the ground, and right. dug the bulbs up, and then planted the bulbs, and they never grew back.
3: They didn't at all, huh? No. Oh,
5: so I put them in the basement, but I didn't leave a stock. I just I no. Cut them you all don't
3: the need way. to leave the stock. The stock really doesn't do anything. So hmm. you can always tell if you you know if you move it to any kind of root system inside, whether it's elephant ears, whether it's bananas, whether it's cannas. In the springtime, when you're getting ready to move them outside, just feel that root system. And if, if it feels soft and mushy, then it is goner.
5: Do I put the, what do you say, potting mix and put them in tubs and put a potting mix in the tub?
3: You could, yes. Give it a try. But Inside? D- yeah. The unfortunate thing is with that, you know, is the pots are going to be very heavy. So wherever you put them, you know, just understand that you don't want to necessarily move them around.
5: Or can I just put them in trash bags and put them in
3: the basement no trash bags it's too humid if you're going to put them in any kind of bag you want to use a paper bag
5: okay otherwise just a plastic tub is fine right okay thanks mike
3: yeah with potting mix and let's see sandy in granite city can you do it quickly yes
0: um mike i had talked to you a while back about my jade plant that was about 40 years old right and i uh that it, was gotten, it had gotten so large, and I was afraid to cut on it, and you suggested that would be fine for me to trim it off, and I repotted it for some of my friends, and I got that... Um, the, uh, the cactus mix? The
3: cactus mix,
0: you told right. me. Uh, my plant has not done well since. Now, could it just chocolate so much from me
3: trimming on it? Well, it could be that, and it could just be old age. It's kind of like me at 68. You know, I don't look all that good. So your plant may be just old, you know, as much as anything. So just don't overwater it. Don't fertilize it. Definitely during the wintertime. But next spring, when the days start getting longer, sometime in March, April, go ahead, get some cactus fertilizer at your favorite garden center and start fertilizing it and just keep your fingers crossed. That's about all you're going to be able to do.
6: Okay. Thank you so much. Certainly.
3: And thanks to everybody for calling in the first hour. Now, we do have wow, this show has two hours. So the tip of the trial hour is going to be coming up. Things that, you know, I'm going to go back to the weed circumstance because the weeds, there's all kinds of annual warm season weeds. So, and again, the pre-emergent, pre-emergent, what that does is kill the weed seeds while they're germinating in the springtime. So that's when the pre-emergent goes down. Post-emergent is an herbicide that you put down after the plants grow. So,